you were talking about the product, right? The funny thing is with social media, people are the product. Um, we're not the consumer, we're the product. It's the the ad companies and the people who are, you know, spending money on marketing are spending money to capture our eyes. <laughs> Man, did yeah. you guys, I mean, before we jump into that thing, man, but did, you know, so I took up your recommendation, Chris, and I watched the uh, social media dilemma, right? Um, much of what they, much of the, I don't know how to describe, the elementary version of what they said, I conceptually understood. Yep. But when they broke that, that, that thing down, man, I was like, oh, dang, this is, this has deep. the potential for some serious um societal implications i mean you can really control a large segment of the population with social media as we've seen in the news right right we've seen that 2021 right we've seen that right. in this this last election in the united states we've seen that um we we've seen how some nefarious actors have used uh social media or technology um for recruiting Right. We now see how in the United States, the KKK are using the same tactics as ISIS uh, for their recruiting efforts. Right. So it's 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 quite interesting. Well, and it's also whoever has the biggest bank account wins, which is also concerning. It doesn't necessarily have to be used for good or for bad. But as a, well, yes, yes, absolutely. And you don't even need a big bank account. That's true. You know what I mean, Facebook ads are cheap. That's true. Some of the cheapest so, in the game. So, so here's what, right? Like, um, recent, you know, like lately, I've been doing some research into like product management, mm -hmm. and then like into product management, looking at behavioral design. Mm -hmm. So, if if y'all get a chance to look at behavioral design, I mean, you look at like behavioral design looks at well, actual behavior of users. Right. Psychology. So, I mean, what's 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 the main reason behind if you create a product, you want people to enjoy your product and use your product. Right. The more they use it, um, the, the more. Right. Like you have, you know, you, the more they use it. Right. The, the the better chance you have of, you know, I mean, and, and here's the thing. Right. That's the I think that's the like the trade off right now is because like do we these social media companies, do you really want people using your products to the point where it's like a detriment to what to their lives and people around you you know what i mean because like the engagement part of it is like they design it to constantly be hooked you know and right. it's wild it's wild because like you know you i just have to, you know i have this tendency just to like pull up you know pull up instagram just look, look like okay yeah let me look at this story look at that you know and uh it's actually cool that that Apple, that your iPhone, it shows you like at the end of the week, like what stuff you've been using, right? right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like when you realize, like, wait a minute, I spent a lot of my time like here, like the, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So, so to your point about behavioral design, right? Um, you just described how you pick up your phone and you go through and you don't even think about it, right? Mm -hmm. Those behavioral designers, right? human beings make it such that it's so seamless and part of your every day that you don't even think about it. Right. You know, yeah. um, you know, you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing that you do? Right. Many people, they hit, they hit the, the phone, right. Mm -hmm. because they, hit, they have to hit snooze, right. They have the alarm <laughs> on. But then the next thing is, you know, what are the notifications that came over while they were sleeping? All right. And, and, you know, do you go digging once you see those notifications, do you go and figure out, you know, who did what to whom on what social media platform or whatever. Yeah. Well, and you, know the crazy and you were talking about the product, right? The funny thing is with social media, people are the product. 
um, we're not the consumer, we're the product. It's the, the ad companies and the people who are, you know, spending money on marketing are spending money to capture our eyes. And to your point, Ralph, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you go do, pick up your phone, turn off the snooze button, check social media, and oh, I got a notification. Let me check this real quick. It's almost like a dopamine effect to, you know, you're going to get some type of reward by clicking on that button. Exactly. Um, somebody tags you in a photo, of course, you're going to go look at the photo to see, you know, what it is that you've been tagged in. Oh, and right. by the way, you know, throw up a, a thumbs up or whatever on top of it. And then that, yeah. that just goes rabbit hole in, right? Sorry, Cal, go ahead. No, no, no. It's funny. Uh, I saw in the news today that apparently Facebook is experimenting, taking away likes. They're giving users the option to take away likes from their photos because they're thinking that it might um, have like, they, they, they pilot in it right now to see perhaps it might have like a, a better effect or a positive effect on youths just because they feel like, um, you know, feeling the pre pressure to have to like a photo or feeling a sense, a, a sense of self-esteem. If you post something and you don't get like a million likes for it, you only get one or two. So they're thinking about getting away, you know, giving users the option to get away from, to, to, to not have to use that button. Yo, didn't, so it's, it, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, no, I was gonna say, didn't Instagram do something similar, like maybe six months ago? I don't remember if it was uh, likes or it was followers, but they blocked uh -huh. visibility for people uh, surrounding some type of metric as far wow. as that goes. Did they um, and, and, in a in a certain region, right? They were testing that, that same concept out. Okay. They didn't roll it out globally, right? Okay. Um, okay. But I think they, 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 you know, they ran the experiment, see what it is. And I guess they made a decision because, you know, we still see that, that uh, those likes and those number of followers today, right? So, um, but they, you're right. They, they did run that six, nine months ago. Um, it was publicly known as an experiment. But, and to your point, Cal, right? So, you know, the research has shown Right, so we, we, we are, um, I wouldn't say a unique group, but we are a different group than the generation after us, right? And the generation after them more especially, right? When, when, when social media became a thing, you know, we were in college, right? Mm -hmm. um, we didn't grow up in it in middle school or high school, right? Those things didn't exist. There was no Google, there was no YouTube, there was no, you know, Facebook and none of that existed. For us, so we had an element of um, existing without social media, and then being able to come into it and kind of figure our way around. We're still affected, right? But now, so so come from that framing, and then come from the framing of someone who who, as they got into middle school, as they were born, and as they got into middle school, all they know is social media. Right, my 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 eight year old son, he's talking about social media like he knows what it is, but he's never had any engagement with it. But because he's had engagement with YouTube, which I guess is a social media platform as well, he he's he's talking about things that he hears um, yeah. about it. So all, all he knows is social media. So to grow up in that environment where, hmm, if I post this picture, my values associated with the likes. Yeah becomes yep. a real challenge, especially in, in middle school, yo. In middle mm -hmm. school, when you're already going through all of those puberty questioning, yep. you know, you start why people don't like me, you know, why I can't get no girl and a boy, all of that jazz. Trying to figure mm -hmm. out all of that world, world stuff and then compounded by social media, right? Before, yep. if you had issues at school, they stayed at school because once you left, right? Mm -hmm. You can come back and deal with it the next day. Now it's 24-7, 365 days a year. You can't, you can't get away from it. Yeah, to your point with middle schoolers, we pulled it from my 13-year-old. When I saw the stuff that these kids are on there posting, I'm like, man, y'all are advanced <laughs> for your age. Like, right. And parents not in a good way. And you know, we saw some things and we were like, nah, no more of that. So we pulled it. And it's funny because she was so addicted to it, she reinstalled the bad boy. So then I had to threaten her. 
I'm like, yo, if you reinstall this again, we're going to have a problem. You see that big belt hanging up in the closet? I think that solved the problem. But even then, I'm like, I wonder if she's still finding out a way to get back on social media. Like, it's a true addiction. And it definitely is a self-esteem driver as well, to your point, Ralph. Yeah, the addiction point is really interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. it is, you know, I mean, tying everything that we've said so far, I mean, these designers um, with bias intent, right? They had a goal in mind, right? Engagement and keeping you on the platform for as long as we can so we can feed you more stuff. Um, they had a goal in mind and they kind of figure out how to keep you there. Right, using psychology, what we know about um, about the needs uh, of humans, right, mm-hmm. and how we can keep them on the platform. There was there was this one, oh man, there was this one thing, uh, this one quote. Where was it? It was um, there are two industries that um, that call their consumers users the illegal drug industry and the social media platforms or the technology platforms. Wow. Right. Wow. When I, yeah. Exact. That was my response yeah. when I heard that quote. And I was like, man, that's a, that's a good point. And both industries have the same desire. I need for you to get hooked on this thing so you can mm-hmm. continue to come back for more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny because that's why I like some of those companies, they're so focused on the product, right? Like, because, yeah, if you have like some legit product, you don't really have to sell much, you know? Right. Like, right. you don't have to, you, you, like, come on, like a like a drug dealer, like you think he out there freaking like convincing people to be like, hey, yeah, 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 come try it. Come, come, come. He may say try it because you could just try it for free. But <laughs> then that's when... Boom, you come back and you keep trying, you keep, and then, and then you hooked, right? Give them that yeah, little taste that's, and that's it. Right. I, I, so um, to your point, though, Cal, you might not even have considered this, but when you said that, the whole freemium model, mm-hmm. right? so we're all talking about how we get engagement, right? How social media's engagement is what keeping us all addicted. That freemium model is that try for free, right? You get in there, you try and, oh, okay, that's cool. Oh, hey, I didn't know Cal was on his platform too. Hey, let me, let me say, hey, what's up, Cal? I'm here too. And then I see some other people. And then I, you know, I just go down this rabbit hole of, of um, using this thing. And now I got I to gotta see what Cal is up to every day. Not only that, but the amount of data that they collect both inside the social media platform and outside the social media platform is staggering. And I've we joke about it all the time, but we're having this conversation right now. And I guarantee some type of ad when I hop on the next social media platform will pop up talking about, you know, something that we've discussed here tonight. So the phone is definitely listening to the conversations that are being had and feeding you content based on that saying, Hey, check this out. Hey, check this out. Hey, I noticed you were just talking about having a cheeseburger. Uh, McDonald's has a two for one special right now. Why don't you head over there? Oh, and by the way, we're going to go ahead and plug it into Siri for you. Give you the directions. You need an Uber. That's the next ad that's going to roll up. We're going to make sure that, you know, Uber can come pick you up. You'll get your McDonald's, you get home and then, oh, you got a lady friend over. Let me go ahead and suggest a movie for you on top of it. So the convenience factor, especially right now with, you know, we're coming towards the end of the pandemic, hopefully, right? But the convenience factor of being able to keep in touch with people, um, I think has just driven the user base that much more. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. If, if you had that window, let's say you were at work, right? And you couldn't engage on your, your social media for let's say eight hours or some variations of that, right? That was that much less data that we're collecting. Now that so many people are home as a result of the pandemic, um, that 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 is just more data to make those suggestions. And your description, Chris, it is absolutely spot on because that's the same experience I have. It is scary 
how things kind of start to happen to show up. Example, where um, weekend before last, we're sitting down with some friends in their, in their, uh, in their yard. We're having a conversation about um, this, this, this fire pit. I forgot what it's called, stone somebody. Um, this whole fire pit. And we were talking about this a smokeless fire pit. How does that even work? Yada, 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 yada. Never heard of this thing before. Never searched for it. Never came up in my social media feeds. Le leaving there, right? Our phones weren't on. We weren't on our phones. We weren't talking about it. None of that. Um, I think Daya might have searched for her for it on her phone so I could see what it was. It wasn't on my phone. Next thing you know, I'm going across Instagram and this that that fire pit is coming up. Do they yeah. know somehow that I'm associated with with this this woman who has my, my last name? We share the same last name. We're, we're friends and, and or we're spouses. Do they know that? And then it, it just you know kind of trickles around from there. It's a scary proposition. So where do you all see this evolving to? Um, and has it gone too far at this point? And I know um, you know there's there's a lot surrounding governmental restriction around stuff that should be banned on the platform, stuff that shouldn't be banned on the platforms. I think the issue that we get into with that is who makes that call? Um, because at that point, you know, you're, you're almost playing God at that point. Like, well, I'm gonna block this content from the user base, but I'm not gonna block this content. But why? I mean, what's the reasoning behind that? And I think there's some obvious ones um, that should be blocked. Um, so I, I don't know how this evolves. Um, and I don't know that we are trending the right direction either as a society. I mean, it's a slippery slope, right? You said, I know which one should be blocked. <laughs> you know what I mean? What makes your knowing those to be the right ones, the right ones, right? So that's the question that comes up. So I, I was trying not to throw out any examples, but you know, any type of violence, um, you know, where it's, you know, especially involving children, obviously that's a no brainer. And again, that's my opinion. There right. may be people that feel differently, but that's a whole separate conversation. Um, no, so, and I think that is the part of the conversation, right? Because that's what such a challenge is, right? We have, we have an entity, technology companies who are not regulated, like, telephone companies were regu are regulated or you know, other, other means of communication and that whole industry, right? Technology companies don't have similar regulations, if you would. And as a result, we don't have precedents for some of these things that especially like as we experienced um, dramatically so in 2020, 2021, certainly uh, fake news. Mm -hmm. Right. We were just talking about earlier around how the algorithm feeds you what you have, what you've searched for in the past and perpetuates that line of thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, you know, earlier on, we were talking about, um, you know, the, 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 per the people who think about, you know, being um, are, are not supportive of vaccines. Right, so the non-vaccinators or whatever the term is. Anti-vaxxers. Thank you, anti-vaxxers. That's I couldn't come up with it. Chris, you knew that after like, you were just like ready to just <laughs> drop that man. It's like I, nah, I just, all know. I saw a social media ad about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, so yeah. so you have your anti-vaxxers, right? And um, you know, there are social media groups about them that, that could be considered a class of conspiracy. So if I really wanted to run conspiracy um, or push a conspiracy idea, uh, Q on, um, then I can um, easily run a Facebook ad for $25, reach you know, 600 people um, who fall within that, uh, that category of people who follow anti-vaxxers and push other, um, other conspiracy theories to that genre of people right and then once they once they start to feed that right it, it 
the algorithm kicks in because they clicked on it or they watched it for more than five seconds, um, the ad for more than five seconds, and then it just runs and it takes a, 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 um, a life of its own. So you know what, when I, when, I, when I hear what you said, you said, you know, people, algorithm, technology, and I, I wonder if this is the same discussion when people talk about gun control, right? Mm. Because it's like gun control, technology control, like, you know, these things are tools, right? So then when you have to look at, you look at it from another angle, it's like, okay, wait, is it really the algorithm and the technology companies we need to be pointing the finger at? Or is it how people are using it, right? Because you think about like Facebook, the intention of it before was, hey, I want to see which, I want to see if Ralph is taking, you know, this class. I want to see if, I want to know what Chris doing a party for like, you know, Friday or Saturday. I want to see where the, where the latest party is at, right? And then they open it up to the public. Yeah. That's <laughs> and when they did, it's just like people just found some crazy fucking ways. To, it's just like people just find ways to just fuck shit up. <laughs> I don't Pandora's know. box. Literally it's, open it's, Pandora's right. box. Right. You know? So it's like, it's almost like, okay, well, uh, and then naturally like our brains like shortcuts, right? Like the way our brains are designed. So we we right. don't want the long, we don't want to have to take too long to think about stuff because that just takes way more energy, right? right? So it's like these technology programs just designed just to like feed off of that. But it's, like, it's almost like, well, hey, you know, meditating, that's why it does help. If you take, just spend a little bit more time in a gap, then instead of just moving on impulse to just go grab your phone, you may just go out of bed and stretch, right? Do, do some yeah. push-ups. Go to, go to the gym. Instead of looking for that, like, immediate payoff, you know? It, Having that delayed gratification, right? Like, doing something in order to get something instead of just, like, I need it, it right now. It's funny you mentioned the gym because you go in there and there's two distinct types of people in the gym, in my opinion. It's the people who are in there, I guess, to make themselves feel better. But you're, you know, doing your thing and you're looking over at them and they're on their phone the whole time. And I would bet money that they're on social media. Um, and then you have, you know, the the jocks, the bros who are taking pictures of themselves, posting it to the gram. Um, so I, the way I personally use social media I use it as a resource, as information um, for the most part. You know, I honestly don't care what uh, somebody ate for breakfast yesterday morning. Like that, posting that on Facebook, I have no desire to engage in that type of content. Um, now, if you post it and say, hey, I lost 10 pounds on this. I feel great. Um, you should check this out. Well, you know, you might catch my attention there. Um, I am not a big poster of content myself um, for whatever reason, um, but I do consume the content, definitely. So I, I like, so I like the question you posed, Cal, right? The fact that you asked a question, right? I, I, I think in this day and age with all of this social media and stuff like that, where we're, we're consuming content that feeds our biases and our worldview. Um, we don't ask enough questions, but we, we, uh, we make statements of opinion as if they're facts, mm -hmm. right? So the fact that you asked the question of, you know, should we, blaming, should we be blaming the algorithm or the social media or the, uh, the technology companies, because they are just tools um, is a is a good question, right? So so I'll I'll run with that for a second, and I'll say, hmm, my opinion is, yeah, you're right. It is a tool, and because it's out in wild wild west, right, Pandora's box, it is feeding um, the best of society, right? I mean, you have people who are able to find long lost loved ones, um, people who are able to find organ donors, so on and so forth. Through, that, through the medium, uh, through the platform. And then it also feeds the worst of society. Yeah, and then people could sell organs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
So then you got you yeah. got people selling organs and human trafficking and all of that jazz, right? So it yeah. it it is a tool, it is a platform, and um, you know, I lean towards the idea that the creator or um, is responsible for its creation, right? So if mm-hmm. if if the Google or the Facebook or the whomever of the world created this thing and we see some nefarious action happening with it that that it's a detriment to society based on social standards right no not any one group but overall groups um standards of of living then you know i think it's their my opinion you know, their responsibility to kind of take so so here's here's a position i'll take ralph because okay. right now you know what i feel like i'm mark zuckerberg and you're like, cap, I'm on Capitol Hill, and you're saying that, okay, well, it's the technology companies, right, that y'all have to take some type of responsibility, which I get that, right? But if you look at society, what technology companies have shown to the politicians is a reflection of what they've done over years and years. I think society and technology is just, it's just showing them a reflection of what is really out there, right, yeah. in society. So these are things that, well, instead of just trying to cast the blame, it's like, how can we fix it, right? Oh, I agree, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm it's, a, it's a yes and. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. agree. Technology mm-hmm. is a reflection of what mm-hmm. we see in the world. Yeah, social media. And mm-hmm. the algorithm feeds. Yeah. Right. One it's, it's, you you know what, it's kind of it's, right. it's like, it's kind of like when you know, stuff was happening in the community and like, in a black, especially in the black community, everybody was blaming rap, everybody was blaming hip hop, right. people was blaming, blaming the artists or for the all video stuff. games or right. all that stuff, right. Right, but the artists, they came up in those same environments and they're just sharing you a picture of what they experienced, right? Right. And, um, you know, I look at technology and as much as people might look at technology from a science aspect, which it is, I mean, it's a science, but it's also like an art, it's also a way that you know, we express, these are things that we express in a computational, you know, algorithm, algorithmic way, right? Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, hell yeah. I feel the tech company should take some responsibility for what they're doing. But it's not only, it's not like to say one person needs a place to blame. I think it's like everybody is like a holistic um, way we have to look at it to like kind of solve that problem, you know, instead oh. of saying like, yeah. 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 I think so, it's a we thing. Cal, you brought up some really good analogies with rap, hip hop music, and how the powers to be were trying to pin issues on, you know, that societal issues. Um, and then gaming, first person shooters, same thing. I, I remember Columbine clearly because uh, it was the first mass shooting, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, as you dug deeper and deeper into that conversation, they started to try to blame it on the gaming companies and saying, oh, he's playing too much Doom, he's doing too much this. And you could draw that same comparison to now in the technology companies. So is it really the platform or the music or the gaming or is it us? I think we're the problem which goes back to the mental health health aspect. Now, one thing we could do is when you see people going down these dark holes on these platforms, start providing content that will help them rather than p- perpetuate whatever issues they're dealing with psychologically. I think that's one solution right there. Well, I like how you shifted that, Chris. Yeah, because you could use technology to actually provide those signals, right? Because you could tell your friends if something is up with some of your friends, right? Because you have some friends that always post in like, blah, blah, you know, this, doing that. But if you don't see anything for like a week or two, it's kind of like, wait, what's going on? Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Like, what's happening? So, yeah. Overconsumption that that deviated from you know, their normal consumption of one thing, be it, you know, sugary foods or 
you know, some conspiracy theory or whatever I might have you, you know, maybe that is a trigger point to say, hey, look, you know, how are you doing today? I think, again, the problem becomes who makes the decision on where you draw that line. There's no governing body to, you know, decide when to flip the switch and say, okay, this person's had enough of this. It's time to offer them some help or pull the plug and no longer show that content to this individual. And I think we were leading up to some tools earlier, right? You know, um, some solutions earlier. Kyle was talking about, you know, meditation and not consuming the content, right? Disconnecting, right? The, uh, you know, I, 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 the ultimate is, is disconnected. Uh, from the source of the, you know, I'll be at addiction at some point, right? Um, and it's it's going and you know doing the meditation. It's it's going and having the conversation like this, you know, with friends, real people in real world. Um, it's it's about having the conversation with people that you don't necessarily agree with on all topics, right? You know, Cal and I just had that type of uh, discourse, right? Um, you did? What was the topic, bro? Not to... <laughs> we were just talking about it. I was coming from the angle of, look, I think social media um, or the technology companies um, are responsible. Cal came from a different angle and said, wait, not, we can't just put blame on them. We also have to look at it as this is a deep-rooted societal issue. We have to have a more holistic approach to it. I think that was the summary of our conversation right there. Right, and then from his conversation point, I said, oh, "Okay, well, yes, I agree with that." And you know, somebody has to take the charge. To your point, Chris, somebody has to take the charge and kind of, you know, kind of wrangle this problem together um, to kind of begin piecemealing this holistic solution that we need to put in place. And, and let's be honest: the other side of that is it has to generate the same if not more revenue with that solution tied in and i think that's where we run into the issue oh yeah um although we love to see this kumbaya moment where corporations and government entity entities are willing to take less of the pie um for the betterment of all i don't think that's reality so you know what's funny man is like I always think that, um, you know, it's, it's like, what are we, and I know we probably not gonna be able to answer this in this session, right? But you almost think that, you know, what, what, are, what are we avoiding when it comes to this, the ways we use social media, like in a negative way, right? Like, what are we avoiding? Is it, is it an avoiding mechanism as far as like using that medium to avoid like, what's really happened, avoid something, you know, that going on in your life, you know, is it, is it a way to escape, right? Because it's funny because like, it, I realized like in my life, right? Like conversations that I need to have, like for example, today I had a call with, um, you know, today I had a call with a, with a customer, right? And the, initially when the customer came up, you know, I laid out my agenda, like what I wanted to cover, you know, blah, blah, blah. Initially, like the customer came back with some resistance, right? And typically, especially in my role, or even if you're in like sales or if you have a business, like the customer is like always right. You know, people always hear that stuff. But but no one, no one really wants to lean into that attention and kind of like challenge that customer. And it's funny because there's a there's a there's a um, stat out there with like different types of the challenger sales um, method, right? people have like different types of salespeople and the challenger is proven to be like the most effective way to work with customers. Right. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's almost like, it's, it's, you know, one thing I've been like super interested is where, where, where do you feel that tension? And then if you feel that tension, it feels like you, you onto something like you gain somewhere, you know, and um, I could, it could be with like, you know, when we talk about mental health, you know, some, some of the topics that we have in today are causing like a lot. And, and, and it seems like and a lot of it happened on social media. Like if, if you if y'all remember Yahoo 
um, used to have comments. Remember the comments? They used to have the comments on Yahoo, but they got rid of it because there was so much freaking like trash that people were sharing on it. And it's funny because people just feel more liberated to just say whatever the hell they want to say. Oh, yeah. In freaking on social media. Because I ain't got to look at you in your eyes, man. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. I ain't right. got to connect with you at a human level. I could just say whatever I wanted to say, boom, and walk away or scroll down to the next thing. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to get y'all's thoughts on social media as it pertains to your day-to-day nine-to-five. And if you think your company should have a say in what you can post privately on your private social media accounts, um, if it should be even monitored by them. And if so, again, you know, what type of guidelines uh, come along with that? Because I can tell you from, at my company, when we are interviewing someone, you, you know, you type their name into Google, all of a sudden their social media, uh, you know, um, social media, help me out here. Profiles. Profile pops up, thank okay. you. Um, and you're like, oh, well, let me, let me check out, you know, and see what they do in their spare time. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, oh, like he killed it in the interview, but he into some, some freaky stuff. Like, I don't know about this. <laughs> So uh, is that fair, one, or is it like, hey, you posted it, you knew it was going to be public, um, and you take what comes with that? That's a loaded question, Chris. Ralph, I'll let you take that, <laughs> if you don't mind. <laughs> all right, I'll jump on it. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place on that, right? So to your latter part, right, is it fair? Right, I think... In this day and age, it's expected, right? Um, that you have an online public presence, right? So therefore you should have the expectation that if you're going to do anything, people are going to search for you and may find things that they, that uh, they're gonna find things. So you wanna make sure that they find things that you know, reflects you well. Um, it, from a company standpoint, right? I'm big about organizational cultures, right? So if I have a particular culture that I want to maintain and protect in my organization, I want to be able to attract people who are going to be able to fuel that culture, right? So if I see that you might be an hindrance to that culture, you know, I, might, I'm, I don't want to bring you in and disrupt, right? Because the cost of disruption, if I'm going to look at it from a revenue standpoint, the cost of disruption of bringing you in and you, you causing havoc within my organization is something I'm not willing to bear, um, both from a people aspect and, and certainly from a financial aspect. And then the, 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 the third thing on it of, you know, your day-to-day, um, or the third thing I'm seeing from your question of the day-to-day of social media, for me, that's, that's, that's pretty new. Right. For most of my career, I never had access to my phone nine to five. Right. Um, so I, there was no way for me to be able to be on social media. Now, addicted to email, I was and I still am. And I, I admit that. Um, but so other social media platforms, I, I never had access to it. So I, I, I'm still new into kind of picking up the phone and, and kind of running with it. Right. I, I do find myself on Instagram, you know, um, early in the morning where I should have been stretching as Cal said, or, or running and, you know, going to yeah, the gym. Yeah, Ralph. Like, hey, look, I'm, I'm speaking right. my truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so a lot I threw in there because you had a lot in your, in your question. So, you know what? It's, it's funny, right? Because I feel that, Perhaps before the pandemic, it would be you could make an argument to say like, okay, what happens at work happens at work, and what happens at home stays at home. But with this new environment, I mean, it's kind of blended one and the two, right? Yeah. Where it's like, you know, right now I'm talking to you guys, but like I could do, get email and I'm, you know, interacting with people from work, and you know, you see, you always on, right? 
So it's almost where like the whole work-life balance has just been completely redefined, right? But then yet you have like this medium, right? Because we're so committed and invested into tech, the internet technology where, you know, there we have to kind of define like a way of privacy like what part of what part of my identity can I keep to the internet and have that where it's not conflicting with what happens on my nine to five, whatever nine to five is nowadays, right? Right, right. Yeah. You know? So it's like that is evolving in itself. So that begs the question. I mean, is there is there some type of responsibility on the the user? to decide where to put that type of content. Like if they want to have content with a group of people that they feel comfortable with. That's why I feel that we're gonna evolve, well, we're already evolving to this virtual world, right? Because if you come up with a virtual world, a virtual identity, you think about like our identity right now, like technically your social media profile is a virtual identity. It's not like a real person. It's just a reflection right. of right. what you are because that whole and people say it all the time like you all see this like you'll see these women on social media taking pictures at these nice fancy beaches restaurants all of this but you don't know what they went through to get there you know what i mean like right. to do what they do like some even even people who bought, who's saying like yeah i got all this money i got this like you don't know what they did it's just a reflection of something that they try and pitch to you right you know so is is almost like and i mean i go in you know, I, I go in like on a whole tangent with like NFTs and this whole virtual world, virtual reality, but it's almost like, well, yeah, you could create your own identity out there and just become something that people ain't necessarily going to tie you to so they could judge you in like your day-to-day, -day, like your job, you know? Yeah, and I I can understand how that could be good for, you know, self-esteem and everything like that. But it's such a small microcosm of what's happening in people's actual lives day to day. And people tend to only post the good and highlight the good, which is understandable. But to your point, Cal, you don't know what's happening with that person behind the scenes. That car that they're driving in, they could have rented it off of a platform for an hour just to post that content. But I want to draw it back to the corporations and personal content. And I've, I'll give you all a real life example. Paul Pierce, former NBA player, all-star, was a commentator on ESPN, who was recently fired because he got off his nine to five, went to his house or his friend's house, threw a party, had some strippers at the party. They started turning up. I haven't seen the video personally, but it cost him his job. And I'm curious to hear y'all's opinion on that, if you think it's valid that he lost his job due to posting that type of content outside of the workplace. Now, ESPN, mm -hmm. global brand, mm -hmm. they have to protect that brand. So, yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah, so I tell you this, right? Um, I, I, like a decision like that, right? Like if you look at it like morally, like, okay, sure, should a man be able to keep his job? It's, it's two different things, right? Because it's like, yeah, well, that's his personal life. He should be able to do whatever he wants to do and share whatever content he wants to share. But you, you got to look at it from another angle. I don't know what business agreement, I don't know what's in his contract, right? <laughs> with, with ESPN as far as how he conducts himself because he is a personality for them. And he does as... Ralph says he is a part of that brand, Disney brand. Right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't um, mess with Disney, man. Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, and you know, and it kind of goes back to what you said, Chris, as far as like, well, if it's an agreement or some type of contract that you have with employees about social media, like I, I feel like companies should be a little bit upfront of these things. You know, um, I don't know how they could be more upfront in the recruiting phase. But at least once you become an employee, the guidelines are how you conduct yourself as an employee, right? So if you see some questionable kind about somebody before they even become an employee, you know, at your job, at, at your company, then, yeah, I could see where you want to use that against them. But if you feel like they fit the skills, they have the skills and they have the capabilities to do well at your job, I think you let them know 
what you're looking for. And if there's a fit, then you bring them on, you bring them on and you let them know, hey, this is the penalty of you continuing doing, you know, your freaky shit <laughs> on, <laughs> on whatever so on so platform, right? So um and yeah. it's to that point, right? So I mean I haven't come across a company that doesn't have some type of clause about um, you know, you are you are an employee of this company and therefore you represent the company in some way, shape or form, you know, be careful what you post on, you know, social media, do not speak for the company and what you post on social media, um, have, you know, could potentially have implications for your employment. You know what I mean? They may not say that as, to your point, Cal, as clearly on that, but, you know, in my experience, they certainly share it. Um, and, and it's something to be cautious of, you know, when, when, uh, you know, when you, you're on a social media platform. So I guess it's not a question of whether it's wrong or right. It just is. And you have to, as that employee, decide whether or not you want to be employed by that company or go off and do your freaky shit on the social media platforms. Right, or find a company that does is okay with you doing your freaky shit. You know what I mean? I think again to Cal's point, this should be more explicit in the hiring and certainly you know revisiting it you know annually or whatever the appropriate cadence is. Um, and you know it's it's you know as when you go for employment, you become a asset of that organization right and that organization has some level of control um, over you albeit one one would like to think that there is separation between work and life um, but you know like we described earlier that that there's certainly less so because of the pandemic and we're experiencing that but as an an entity to which you are an asset of you know, that's that, that, uh, and you have signed the documents to say, you know, I agree to, you know, that's then legal has the ability to say, look, you know, you said you won't and you did. So now, you know, Brahm. Where's the sense of freedom in that, right? Yes. Yeah, like it almost yeah, makes sounds, me want to vomit hearing that. Yeah. Like, it sounds, that sounds like you're a slave to the organization, you know? Right. Because like you want to give them a sense of individuality, but then there's another flip side to it. Like, okay, well, you are part of a team, so you are part of an organization. So, um, so yeah, it's it's up to you, right? It's a choice, right? Whether you want to to agree to the terms to be part of that organization, right? So, and so we were talking about privacy earlier, right? Um, there is not enough barely any laws around privacy, um, data privacy, uh, certainly in this digital age, right? Especially in Americas. In Europe, mm -hmm. you know, they have uh, GD, GDPR. I forgot yeah, what they got a standard for. over there. Yep. They have a strong standard on how you use data, how is it shared, so on and so forth, which limits the the ability for, you know, all of this exchange and 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 certainly exposure, um, and we just don't have that in the U.S. So, so to the point of privacy, you know, we, we certainly is something that needs to be explored more. Well, and it's un unfortunate the the whole corporation side of things because I think that does limit that corporations as much as they say they want you to be your true authentic self some people can't be their true authentic self even outside of work right. for fear of losing their job. Right. Ooh, that's, that's good, Chris. You know what? I got a topic for us next session. We talking about true authentic self. I believe we mentioned this already on, a, on one of our talks, uh, code, code switching. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's where I was going with that, Cal. You hit the nail on the head right there, for yeah. sure. Ooh, yeah, I, cool. I still want to dig into that right now, but, you know, let, you know we, that's a whole, that's, whew. Yeah. And, yeah. And we've already just proven that it not only affects your work <laughs> life, but it affects your personal life as well. 
Oh, wholeheartedly, right? And, and you know, again, mental health, right? And if I cannot be my most authentic self, I am hiding some aspect of who I am. Um, therefore, I create conditions of um, isolation. I create conditions of uh, depression. I create de de conditions of anxiety um, because I have to, you know, uh, put on this mask for this period of time, and I and I and I and I can't be fully expressive. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know I'm always looking for a solution, but I don't see a solution for that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. Like, <laughs> is there, like, is there, right. And, that, and that's the, that's the struggle though. That's the struggles because you, you always like naturally, especially how my mind works is like, you want to find a solution, right? You want right. to find, you want to figure it out, right. you know? Is there something to figure out when it comes to like, I mean, Ralph, you bring up a good point, right? Like we all have different type of masks. We all have different types of roles, you know? And this is one thing I even have to like uh, observe in, in my line of work, right? Because like, you know, there's certain people and, and this is one thing that actually, um, this is actually what helped me with working with like different types of organizations, different people is because like, so often we get tied up with these titles, Right. You know, the title, oh, I got a meeting with the CEO. Oh, I got a meeting with CIO. Oh, this, 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 and that person. Right. Which it almost, you look at even like some of the terms people say, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a B2B company. I'm a B2C company. But it's funny. I saw this one thing where it was like, what happened to H to H, you know, human to human. Mm -hmm. Right. When you drop the titles and you start talking to somebody like you, like a human being, like, for example, like, I, I don't know if y'all ever heard about this was called transactional analysis. I learned it in the Sandler method. So transactional analysis is where you have three different modes that people typically communicate with each other. You have the child, you have the adult, you have the parent. Hmm. So the parent constantly is trying to tell, like dictate like, hey, no, like authoritative telling people like, hey, you don't do that, oh, you, don't, you don't do this. The adult, is the reasonable type of person well hey let's talk like adults like have a conversation like let's see and then the child is the one that's complaining try to place blame and we've all played these different roles at some point in our lives i mean y'all playing the parent role of course because you know y'all have kids and you play the adult but we've all been the child right right we all played that role. I was a role. child when I was, a, I played that role when I was a child. Right. I think I've grown out of it since then. And, you know, I may slip into it every and once you in a say, while. And you say that, but it's funny how adults slip into it unconsciously. Oh, yeah. Easily. <laughs> mm -hmm. Especially when yep. we don't get our way. Let's be real, man. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Depending on what social setting you in, right? Because certain sessions, certain settings, you, you may be the leader, right? You may be the boss, right? But if you hop on a plane, who's the boss now? Yeah, the pilot. The pilot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they own that. <laughs> I you know? take that, yeah. right? Right. And so it's, to it's your like, point, right, the, yeah. the, 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 the title is so tied to our identity yep. right? that to lose it um, loses pieces of our identity um, and then the question becomes, what kind of mask am I wearing now? About to tie it into something else. Ooh, so, it. you know what's crazy? What if somebody actually said, I think it was like Snoop. Like, imagine if all of those freaking Instagram models lost Instagram. <laughs> 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 what would happen to that identity then? Yeah. What, what if all their followers disappeared? What if... The, the whole thing just crashed and just boom, like new platform, no platform. I then would. They'll just be the, the next chick next door. Well, yeah. because they it's so tied to that identity. Like it's wild because I mean, you look at some people like you might be walking with them like side by side today. I'd be like, yeah, okay, a regular person. But like, 
on freaking Instagram, they probably have like a million followers. And you're like, wait a minute. Okay, well, damn. I didn't know I was rocking next to Ralph Plaskett. Yeah. (laughs) Now you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's crazy how social media has, you know, created conditions of celebrities like that, right? And then how that celebrity status associates with our identity and then to lose that how that would destroy our self-image and i i like the human to human comparison that or example that you gave cal because those celebrities on their pants one leg at a time just like everybody else and whenever there's some type of scandal or something associated with those celebrities, you realize that all that glimmers is not gold. Like, again, they have this platform that they are projecting the best version of themselves. And in some cases, not even necessarily the best version of themselves, the version that attracts the most followers, regardless of what version of themselves that is. Um, And people get drawn to that and they start to idolize that because that's what they've been dreaming of trying to achieve. Little do they know that that person behind the scenes, and I, we talked about this a little bit last time, is a wreck. I mean, that is the best part of their day. They have nothing else to look forward to. And if you take that away from them, i.e. the Instagram models take away Instagram, you know, they really are left with nothing unless they go over to OnlyFans or something like that. I, I like I like how you said I like the segue to OnlyFans and I'm gonna go back to what you said about idolize because I wonder if it's more culture driven with the whole idol, hmm. you know, putting people yeah. And I wonder if that's something I wonder if that's an opportunity we have to um we, we can innovate, you know, we could that we could change that. So I think we're certainly talking from a perspective of woke folks. Right? We have this awareness, right? But then you have this, you have a segment that's not aware. Um, and how do they interact to all of this? Or and maybe they're aware of, real quick, or maybe they're aware and they're just using it to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, right? So, but then we could also certainly say that there are folks who are not aware. Um, the ones who are coming to mind for me are, you know, the 13-year-olds like you were talking about earlier, Chris. You know, those, those younger ones who, are, who don't have the, the, the adult understanding of all of this. And that's all they've grown up to, to, to only know this. And to go on social media and see the perfectionism of all of the things that they're scrolling and following and the implications of that on their psyche. I wonder what the data is around social media in general and the connection to mental health issues. I I think it's fairly certain that it can perpetuate mental health issues, but can it cause mental health issues? for one, or are people drawn to social media because they already have some type of mental disorder or both? And is it just cyclical? You say drawn as if, as if there, there's an option these days, you know what I mean? What was it? Miramar. Um, no, is it Miramar? Um, I think it's Miramar. I apologize. I'll confirm it. Um, now you're right. When you buy your cell phone, it comes preloaded with Facebook. Right? That's the way that they're 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 able to communicate within our country boundaries and and as we've seen in the tragedy, perpetuate um, a line of thinking um, that has caused violence to a group of people. Um, we're in a society today where you know social media isn't a you know again we we're we're from a little bit older generation so we can see a time when it didn't exist but there you know there's so many people who have doesn't have that experience they only know this 
You know what I mean? It is. Think, think about a time before you had a computer. You can't really think about it because we've all had an experience with computer. 56K dial-up maybe, but we all had an experience with computer, right? We can't really think back at a time we really had a typewriter or anything, whatever was before a computer. That's all we know in our generation. So I got one what? better. Think yeah. of someone that you know that doesn't have social media profile. I can think of zero people that I know. Yeah, people even making it for the kids. Right. Their pets. <laughs> for the pets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But what were you saying, Kyle? My fault. No, I was wondering, like, you know. Is, is the question really, because like when, when I see people talk about social media, um, the way we talking about it, um, you know, it's almost where, it, you know, they look at ways for like, okay, so if social media is a bad thing, like how do we just get, get rid of it? Or do we just go anti-social media? And it's almost like, okay, well, if you remove social media, then obviously something's going to take its place, right? So what do you replace it with? So then that, that's when I like I almost think like, okay, well, how could we make it how could we make it serve us instead of us serving it? You know? That's a powerful distinction. Mm. That's a real good question, too. So I, I'll go back to your analogy earlier, Cal, about guns. Right? You said it, we were talking about social media being a tool, and you said guns, that argument had always been the place. Right. Yeah. Um the term of responsible gun use and ownership, right? As opposed to irresponsible, and we've seen what irresponsible has been able to do. The, so I'll tie that to social media. What, what is responsible social media usage, right? What is a healthy, you know, I'll put a bunny quotes around that. What is the healthy social media engagement and usage and blah, 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 blah. That's right. Do we need to have, do we need to start coaching people on how to, you know, best practices around using it? And, and I don't know if that's, I don't know if you can do that because like we're using it at such young ages now. And I think perhaps it may, it may have to start at home with parents. Like when do you allow, you know, your kids to, to use it? And then, um, so, I mean, that's the kids part of it, but then you think about adults, right, too. Um, when adults engage with it, you know, how could we use it in a way that actually, like, is, is you know, benefits? And then the next thing, too, is, like, benefits, like, how, how do you define all of that stuff, right? So it's very, like, it's, it's, it's complex, man. Oh, it's yeah, complex. Huge. Yeah. To your point earlier, right, so I'm going to keep on jumping on this, right? So to your point earlier is a holistic issue right i think you're going to see people who run the gambit of this medium and an addiction source right um, and we're all addicted to it in some capacity right we're talking about we've been saying social media but let's talk if we expand a little bit more broadly uh, technology right email is as much of an addicted resource source that as facebook or, or what have you um people are going to run the gambit and we're going to have to throw all type of mental health um, resources at them in order to support them where, wherever they are in the stage, right? Some people might just need a coach to be able to, you know, open up possibilities for how they can detach, right? Um, but other people might need um, psychotherapy, right? To be able to, you know, sit down and really break this addiction, you know, 12-step 12, 12 program or whatever the case may be for the social media effect. Um, I to the whole point of this forum, right? I think we need to de we need to have the, this conversation so we can destigmatize, bring awareness, and destigmatize um, the the effects of what social media has brought to individuals, um, so that they are willing to come to the table and say, "Hey, look, I, you know, I think I might need some help around this," and you know, reach out to the appropriate resources um, that could provide them that help. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up, gents. Uh, any final thoughts on the topic of social media? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, the social media effect, you know, I think if we can monitor ourselves and say, okay, well, am I, you know, 
let's just assume you have an addiction. What am I addicted to? And how much have I committed myself to this, uh, this social media? And then kind of figure out ways to kind of curtail that back um, would be my suggestion around the, you know, the, some of the challenges we've discussed around the social media effect. I think this conversation of social media open up like another conversation we have to have um, to explore like identity, right? Because like there's an identity that we have with, with our friends at work and this identity we have on social media, right? Um, so it's almost like, you know, how tied, like that separation, right? And it's funny because in meditation, it actually shows you like at times to have that separation from like, you know, there, there's one, there's one you, like there's you and then there's, then there's, um, you know, and then there's, uh, you get into that I am, you know, yeah. I am this, like we're, the I am, like people, I am, and then they tie themselves to something else, which is I am Calvin Penny, I am a basketball player, I am whatever it is, right? So, yeah, man, I think, um, you know, on the topic of social media, man, is just don't be doing no freaky shit out there and getting caught <laughs> at work. <laughs> Cal, you, know, you always come fan. with it, man. <laughs> yeah, man, that OnlyFans, man, is only for a time. Don't think that's going to be your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Ain't, ain't nobody 60 and over an OnlyFans, that's for sure. I, I would imagine. I don't know, you know. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> Hey, they got content for everybody. <laughs> My final thoughts on social media is really to the content providers is just remember that, you know, you not only are publishing your content for yourself, but you're publishing it for others. And you don't necessarily know who's going to be consuming that content. So I think you have a social responsibility to try and keep it, you know, positive, try to keep it above board. Um, and, you know, that's going to mean different things to different people. But I think just driving that awareness and getting people to stop and think before they post uh, is really important. Love it. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time.